verses 1 to 7 and 32 to 37. Nehemiah 9, 1. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and in worshipping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were Jeshua, Bani, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani and Kenani. They cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jeshua, Cadmiel, Bani, Hashabaniah, Sherebiah, Hodeah, Shebaniah, and Pethaniah said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on them, the seas and all that is in it. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God, who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur and the Chaldeans, and named him Abraham. Verse 32 onwards. Now therefore our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love. Do not let all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come on us, on our priests and our leaders, on our priests and our prophets, on our ancestors and all of our people, from the days of the king of Assyria until today. In all that has happened to us, you have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully while we acted wickedly. Our kings, our leaders, our priests and our ancestors did not follow your law. They did not pay attention to your commands or the statutes you want them to keep, even while they were in your kingdom, enjoying your great goodness to them in the space, spacious and fertile land you gave them. They did not deserve you or turn from their evil ways. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave to our ancestors, so they could eat its fruit and all the other good thing it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. This is the word of God. Can I request Bill Franklin to please share from the word of God? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you, Nessa, for uh, reading the scripture. Uh, we are following a sermon series on the book of Nehemiah, and today we are on chapter 9. And if you uh, notice closely, I think it was mentioned in the last sermon as well, the first half, the half of the book of Nehemiah deals with uh, restoration of the wall how does the wall is being restored and the next half of the book uh, primarily deals with restoration of people 
Nehemiah has built the wall and he's uh, restoring the people now. And uh, that's what we are going to look at. And I think just to give a context, last week we saw how people were, uh, uh, how people uh, revered the law. Uh, they were all worshiping uh, and realizing of their sin and how the law when Ezra read it, uh, people were convicted and they were, uh, they, they, they felt that the law is something that should be revered. And today, interestingly, I will uh, request you to open the Bibles and follow closely, because this is a very long chapter, and uh, and uh, I think that's why we read only half of it. But we will be looking into the entire chapter, and we'll be looking into several verses of what is this. And one interesting thing, maybe which you could remember today, is uh, this is the longest recorded prayer in Bible. Bible has many prayers of great uh, people, even Jesus praying long prayers. But this is the longest prayer that is recorded in the Bible, and I believe uh, it is for one some reason that God has put this prayer here in this entirety. It is not a summary version, but if you read, it starts from Abraham and it goes all the way till what they are at that moment. And I believe that God wants to teach us something of that's why it is inspired by Holy Spirit and and the prophet has written as it is in this book of uh, in this book of Nehemiah. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for helping us to study your word thus far, Lord, as we read through this book of Nehemiah, as we meditate on it, Lord, you have taught us so many things, so many things that we need to change our hearts for, change our attitude towards, Lord. Lord, we thank you for teaching thus far, and even as we look for some time in this chapter, the longest prayer of this uh, book of Nehemiah of the Bible, Lord, help us to learn something that is we could implement take back and implement in our lives so that your name could be glorified through us lord lord i commit myself as i bring this uh, word uh, into your hands lord speak through me so that this congregation could be edified i commit once again every one of us into your hands i ask this prayer in the name for lord and savior jesus christ and the outline of this uh, uh, of this chapter is given in the outline of the sermon is given in the ko sheet and if you notice, uh, it all starts with our uh, call to uh, a call to remember, a call to repent, and a call to recommit. Easy to remember, easy to take something back for the week. And maybe as as the title is there, uh, why confession matters, and the answer, a short answer for that, as we go into the sermon, is also starting with R. And that's what we'll be looking into. Uh, the confession matters for restoration and revival. So restoration, revival, and three hours, remember, repent, um, and uh, recommit. And I think what we are going to do today is see what is needed before repentance and what is needed after repentance. And I think the service that was led today, uh, there were several mentions, I think, uh, all, all fitting well together. I think there was mention of Independence Day. And if you go to the previous uh, uh, picture that I have, uh, Ezra speaking, uh, to the people of Israel seems to be an Independence Day speech, isn't it? Modi speaking from the Red Fort, our Prime Minister, and I think the people are there on stairs. And something very similar happened, not the 76th or 77th Independence Day as that, as that for the people of Israel, but they are into a land many, many years after they had gone as slaves. And they are here and Ezra is reading the law. And if you, uh, if you read, I think, uh, if you uh, uh, read it in the first few uh, verses, no? Uh, from verses, uh, if you look at the verses, uh, verses three, 
there they stood uh, they stood where they were and read from the book of law of the lord of god for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter another quarter in confession and in worshiping their god quarter of a day almost 3 hours they read the law and 3 hours they uh, confessed uh, their sins i think if we do it today it might be a very very long uh, service uh, but people were uh, worshiping uh, the god, worshiping god and also praying at that moment i think there was also mention about independence day and as 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 i was also watching the independence day speeches and all uh, it reminded me of two things one is are we truly an independent uh, country we are definitely independent we have i think this week the chandrayaan is going to land on moon isn't it so we have made huge progress as a nation but there are also i think brother alvin mentioned in the leading of the service our country is going through a very difficult time there are uh, there are uh, communities fighting with each other in manipur uh, there are christians being persecuted in many states of our country um, if you if you follow news carefully the inequality is also uh, on a high uh, it says that 1% of india's rich owns the wealth of 40% of india so that's how uh, inequality disparity is in india that 1% of our population owns 40% of the wealth and at this time sometimes we ask uh, what is what is god has in plans for us for the country what does god want to teach us at this time such as this uh, what are we uh, supposed to do and i think if we go to the next slide and it was in the in the reminder of the week as well uh, the reminder of the week is taken from second uh, chronicles 2:4 where it says if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land heal their land and if you notice very care, uh, carefully here god doesn't uh, god doesn't want maybe not doesn't want god is concerned more about his people he says that if my people not every people of the land but even if his people can come back and uh, turn their ways and humble themselves and because of his people humbling themselves and returning back to him he will heal the land and i think that is something that god requires from us as christians as believers that we humble ourselves and repent of our sins confess our sins and because of this he will heal the land which might not have a majority christian but god will make things work i think the second thing which the service as well as i was singing songs and june was leading there was quite a reference and songs mentioned about heart of worship there was a lot of mention about heart and i think bible time and again talks about uh, to have a contrite heart to have a humble heart before uh, before before god i think there are two verses mentioned here very important verses jeremiah 29:13 it says you will seek me and find me when you seek uh, when you seek me with all your heart and god wants us to pray with has uh, with uh, with all our heart the greatest commandment that jesus when a when a person asked what is the greatest commandment jesus said love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and i think i often wondered uh, what is seeking from heart and uh, and i think i realized some years back that seeking from heart is something that is not very easy to do i think you might have if you have children at home if you noticed uh they say thank you sorry but i don't i don't think some of times they uh, they mean it isn't it they we don't know they are like repetitive they are like taught that you say thank you they will say thank you they you say sorry they say sorry and god wants us to mean it i think 
maybe in some fights or you might have noticed that people sometimes say that you mean it what you are saying and i have no wonder what does it mean in prayer how do you mean something in prayer how do you mean something in uh, uh, repentance how do you mean something when you are committing and that's what we are going to look and we'll go to the first point before repentance that is this beautiful prayer that the Israelites pray. They teach us about how can we remember God with all our heart. What are the things that we need to do to remember God with all their hearts? And the first thing that they, this teaches us is that uh, remember God for who he is, for God who he is. And if you see the verses here, uh, uh, as Nessa read, it talks about uh, from verse 6. Uh, the Israelites pray, you alone are the Lord, you made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all the starry hosts, uh, the earth and all it is on it, and the seas and that is in them. This is a prayer of confession, but they start with remembering God as a creator. And uh, we have several Psalms that David has written. The heavens, Psalms 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established upon the waters. A creator God, a God who is more powerful. I think sometimes getting that, uh, uh, getting, uh, getting that uh, reference of God as a, a creator helps us. Sometimes we take, take God for very granted, isn't it? We just say that, thank you, God. Sorry, God. Forgive me, God. But when you see God as a creator, you get the sense that how powerful he is. It's not an ordinary man that you can keep on going, uh, keep on uh, just, uh, uh, just approaching for now and then and take it for granted. But God is a very powerful God. He's a creator of heaven. And apart from that, getting that reference or a sense of how God is powerful, it also sometimes puts us in place, isn't it? It shows how insignificant we are. If God, who is a creator of heaven, skies, earth, and everything, and we are just an individual maybe somewhere living in south delhi in india in delhi in world within a universe which is billions and billions of years light light years away from the uh, the stars that it might uh, in the galaxy that it is and that's what it puts us in place and it gives us that sense that when we are praying to him uh, when we are remembering god his, our creator that he is something that is too power, who, who is powerful yet who is accessible the second thing which these people do if you if you read closely uh, the entire book talks about the characters of god and as they thank god as they open their prayer as they talk about god's characteristics they talk about various various attributes of god and if you could uh, follow verses uh, 17 they uh, they talk here about uh, they refuse to listen and failed and fail to remember the miracles you perf yeah verses uh, 17 uh, the second part but you are a forgiving god a gracious god a compassionate god slow to anger and abounding in love therefore you did not desert them they talk about god's various characteristics that god has verses 19 again because of your great compassion you did not ab abandon them verses 31 uh, it talks about if you come with me to verse 31 it says but in your great mercy you did not put an end to them and abandon them god talks about various character that god is god is good god is merciful god is uh, god is forgiving he is compassionate gracious they remember all those things in this long prayer that uh, they are uh, uh, praying and i think that's the two things that we need to remember about god when we want to seek him with all his all our hearts 
I think it's important that we remember him as a creator to know, the, uh, the, to know how powerful he is, but also what are his attributes of how compassionate, gracious, how merciful he is, how righteous he is, how faithful he is. There are several verses, I think if you go home and study this chapter, there are so many attributes these people mention as they pray for God. The second thing, I think, important thing, how they remember God uh, is, if you uh, go to the next slide, the first we said he, they remember him as creator, the second they remember who he is as a, uh, remembering his attribute. The next part is what he has done for us. They remember him specifically what he has done in their lives. They talk about how God has helped their ancestors. Verses 7, it talks about, You are the God who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur and Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and made a covenant with him to give his descendants the land of Canaanites, Hittites, and they go on, on and on. They're very particular of what God has done in their families, in their lives. In their, in their grandparents. I think we often, maybe if you have grandparents, you hear stories about how life was difficult back then or how life was good back then. And we hear a lot of stories, isn't it, of how God was faithful. Maybe if you are from a Christian home, your grandparents, fathers, mothers would tell stories of how God took you through different paths and brought you till uh, this far. And these people, in a similar way, they remember what God has done. Verses 28, again, if you see, they say, they say that, but as soon as they were at rest, they again did what was evil in your sight. Then you, uh, then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies. And when they, they cried out to you again, you heard from heaven and you, your compassion, you deliver, in your compassion, you delivered them after, uh, delivered them time after time. So they remember God's faith, uh, God's faithfulness in their lives, in their individual life, in their life of ancestors, of, of God, how faithful he is. I think that's also something that we can remember as very, very practical application for us. How has God been to us in our family? or in our personal family life, in our parents, in our grandparents, what has God taught us? How has he brought, brought us uh, in thus far? I think uh, Jacob in Genesis prays that he went without, uh, without anything to this land. And when he meets Esau, he said that, I came to this place without anything, but you have brought me back with all this wealth and all these things. And sometimes if you look back, maybe two generations back, God, we might not have known God, but God chose us that we might be called a chosen generation who could follow him, who could believe him. And I think that's the second thing that they teach us, that how through our ancestors, God, uh, uh, God has chosen us. Uh, the next part of how to remember is uh, they remember the milestones. Verses 8, if you uh, read uh, closely, uh, verse 8, you, uh, it says, you found this heart faithful, you know, uh, you made a covenant with him to give his descendant uh, the land. So God is giving uh, a covenant, God is making a covenant with Abraham. The first ever covenant, a uh, big milestone in the history of Israelites, isn't it? After that, God blesses them, gives them a lot of children and a lot of things they are blessed with. If you read verse, nine, verse 10 also, you sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh's. Something very, 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 very big happening. They were never seen like water turned into blood. They have never seen like how God could take them through a cruel Pharaoh and lead them through desert, feed them. There are several signs in their lives that they remember that several milestones that God has taken through them. Maybe in our lives there are several milestones, isn't it? I think today we had a mention of Uncle Prince in shortly celebrating 80th birthday, but we all have birthdays that we celebrate. 
and it's a good time to remember like what is that milestone for what god has blessed me what he has done what i didn't deserve uh, maybe i deserve much worse but god has been gracious to me there are anniversaries in our life that we need to be uh, remember and thankful there are maybe job that you got maybe a job which you didn't didn't expect maybe a competitive exam that you cracked which you didn't expect you could done but god has those milestones in each and every one of our lives that we need to remember him and i think that's how we can that's how we can remember god with uh, with all our heart i think bible keeps on mentioning that seek him with all your heart uh, have a contrite heart and that's something that i got to learn as i was meditating in this these are the some four ways in which we can remember god uh, remember god with all our heart with all our uh, with all our heart and with a, a right attitude uh, before repentance now going into the next part of it uh, the israelites repent that's the large section of this uh, chapter the israelites repent of their sins and this is the crux of the of the chapter where actually they are confessing their sins and uh, something which interesting to note here is that uh, they so they don't only really confess isn't it confession is just stating what you have done but if you notice carefully uh, they show remorse as well that is what repentance is about not just saying what you have done but feeling sorry for it feeling bad for it and feeling that uh, what you have done is uh, not good but even in this uh, there is a verse in joel which i have put it on the slide and maybe if you can can turn your bibles and refer uh, joel 2 12 and 13 it says even now declares the lord written to me with all your heart again the mention of heart that don't just written to me but written to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning rend your heart and not your garments written to the lord your god for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger abounding in love god says that when you ask for forgiveness when you uh, when you are repenting do it with all your heart and not just offering sacrifice it says that don't render your garments most probably meaning that don't just put sackcloth and for old testament's time but come with a, a, a repentant heart and i think in this few points we will be looking at how do we repent with all our heart what are the things this israelites in those days did that we can learn from them the first thing that they do is in verse 13 if you can look at closely with me uh the first thing that they do is they uh, they don't disregard the lord they acknowledge that god's standard are good uh the first they they say here it's it's written here uh reading from the later part of verses 13 you gave them regulations and laws that are just and right and the decrees and commands that are good they see that the laws or standards or or uh, the principles that god has established are for our good they are not like very strict god you are very harsh sometimes we think or we say isn't it maybe some rules that we have in bible or some standards that god expects are something that are very tough to follow but you notice here they don't just they don't say that uh, god this is something very hard to follow but they say that god these are just and right your decrees and commandments are for our good and they can they confess that god's commandments are our good i think that's the reference later they will be judging themselves they are saying that whatever you have established as standards are for our good and that's for uh, for our benefit and they don't justify or provide excuse in all the chapter they don't say that lord because we were hungry we did something or lord because you put into such a situation that we did it and that's sometimes our tendency in our lives isn't it we justify since or we find excuses saying lord if if i was in such a situation that's why i did it 
lot where it's it's uh, anyone could have done this it was like no way out and that's why i did it but if you see here they never never justify in this entire entire chapter that they uh, go through um, verses 16 uh, they uh, say uh, but they our ancestor became arrogant and stiff neck they did not obey your commands um, verses uh, verses 25 they uh, say about how they captured fortified cities and how God gave them everything. But on verses 26, they say that, but they were disobedient. They never say that God, your laws were very hard to follow, or uh, we did it because of compulsion, or because like how Eve mentions, uh, how Adam mentions it in the third chapter of uh, second chapter of Genesis, isn't it? The women you gave me made me do this. But this this prayer it never mentions justifying sin or finding excuse. Then comes the third part of this where they confess their sins. And if you notice here also, they are very particular on what they are confessing. They are not just saying, God, forgive all my sins. Well, you know everything. God, you are an omniscient God. You know everything that I have done. You forgive them. They don't uh, do it. They are very particular. They, versus, they uh, confess of uh, uh, three sins, particularly. They confess of not obeying their commandments. Verses 16, uh, they say that our ancestor became arrogant and stiff-necked and did not obey their commands. Verses 18, they confess of idolatry, that even when they cast out for themselves an image of calf and said, this is your God you brought out, out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies, they confess of idolatry. And later in the chapter, they will confess of uh, how prideful they were and how, um, how they were uh, stubborn. I think verses, uh, later part of verses 29, they say the person who obeys them will live by them. Stubbornly they turn their backs on you and become stiff-necked and, and refuse to listen. They're very particular about what sin they are uh, confessing. And I think verses 26 as well, I think that is something they will go a little out of context here. But I think that is a marker that they say that, but they disobeyed, uh, but they were disobedient and rebelled against you, turn their, turn their backs on their law and kill your prophets. I think a good marker to know whether we are revealing against the God. Two things they mentioned that they turn their backs on your law and kill your prophets. We might not kill prophets in this current uh, word, but we might not listen to what people of God might be saying. Elders might be teaching, a pre, uh, pastor might be teaching. They're turning their backs and not listening to prophets. And when you feel, when you find yourself not able to, uh, not uh, uh, turning your back against the laws and turning not able to listen or not willful to listen to uh, instructions, know that you are starting to rebel against the word of God. And it's a very good marker that they state that how did we disobey, how did we rebel? We turned our back against your law and we kill your prophets. And that's the pattern that they confess of whatever sins they have done. And if you come to the last part of it, verses 36, I think that also we read today. They talk about, but see, we are slaves today. We are slaves in the land you gave to our ancestors. They, they humble themselves. They don't say that, Lord, now we are back in this land. We are all powerful, almighty. We fought against this people. And we are, we are like good fighters. We are warriors. We are intelligent. They never say that. They say that, Lord, we are slaves today. We, are, we, are, we, did, we deserve nothing. I think one, uh, in the place they say that uh, uh, in, in, in verses in verses 33 they talk about in that has happened to you you have remained righteous and you have acted faithfully while we acted wickedly verses 31 but in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them 
they always talk about God being merciful and they being wicked, never justifying, never finding excuse. And I think that's also something that we can learn that how God has gracious, how God has been gracious to us. He has given his, uh, he has given something that we didn't, uh, didn't, uh, uh, that we, we shouldn't have received at the first place, isn't it? Grace is something that you didn't deserve, you didn't deserve, but you got. You didn't deserve to get Jesus as a sacrifice, but God gave graciously to him. While mercy is something that you deserved, but you didn't get. What did we deserve? We deserved death, isn't it? God says that wages of sin is death. But God didn't give us, uh, God didn't punish us as our sins deserved. He showed mercy. And those two things they acknowledge here in this chapter. God, you are merciful and you are gracious and compassionate. They talk, keep on talking again and again that God it's not your fault or it's not your standards or your laws that are hard to follow but it is us it is us that who haven't obeyed you or it's us that who who, who haven't uh, who haven't been able to follow your words we'll go to the last part what happens after confession what happens after uh, they repent and that's the third hour the first hour we saw was how do the, how do we remember god how do we remember we remember uh, how do uh, what is the way in which we can remember our god with all our heart uh, we saw that we need to remember as a, him as a creator we need to remember his attributes for who he is and we need to remember of what he has done for us for our ancestors for the various milestones that we have achieved in our lives and this last part uh, after repentance what god expects us to do um, he expects us to recommit um, Again, a verse from First uh, Kings eight sixty one, which again talks about heart. Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to Lord God, to walk in His statutes and to keep His commands as at this stage. A little context about this verse: Solomon is Solomon is dedicating the temple, and he instructs Israelites as they are gathered to be committed to the Lord and show it in uh, in action. And uh, we see this Israelites, as they are confessing their sin, they do a recommitment. And we'll quickly look at uh, the early part of chapter 10 here. And you see here, uh, it says that from verses 38, in view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing. And our leaders, our Levites and priests are affixing their seals. They're making a written agreement of commitment to God that how they will be uh, committed to their laws. And, and, and I think the first person here, here, if you notice, the first person, who is the first person to sign here? Verses 10, verse 1, who is the first person to sign? Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a big leader, isn't it? A big prophet, a prayerful man. A, a man, if you notice in the first chapters of the Bible, in the first chapters of the Nehemiah, he's, he's prayerful, he fasts, he prays, he's, he's, he's always asking God what to do. He's a very big leader in those days when, and he's the first person to say that, Lord, I'm a sinner, I've, I have sinned, and I have to repent. And I think that's something that we often lack at this time in, uh, in, as a Christians. And I think that's a tragedy that sometimes our spiritual leaders, leaders uh, they don't want to be seen as vulnerable. And Nehemiah gives a very good example that even if he's such a spiritual, as a leader, as a governor, he is also a sinful person and the first person to say that I'm repenting on my sins and I'm committing to do certain things that God has promised me. He says that I am the first one to sign and he signs that as a vulnerable person, as a humble person, a person with a broken heart who, who considers that God needs 
God, God's, he needs God's mercy and he needs God's uh, grace. Though he might be a spiritual leader, he's the first person that signs in this. And then if we see the later chapter of verses 10, uh, chapter 10, we'll not go into detail, but they are very specific in commitment as well. They're not, they're not, they're just not blanket commitments. They are not just saying, Lord, uh, we will obey all your, uh, we'll obey all your commandments and we'll follow your words, but very specific uh, verses. Uh, 29 they say that we'll obey all your commands then verses 30 i'm reading from chapter 10 they say we'll not give our daughters in marriage to other people verses 31 we will not buy from the uh, from them on sabbath or any holy day verses 32 give third of shekel each year for the service of the house of god verses 35 first uh, we will give the first fruits of the crops to god very specific in commitment, not just saying that, Lord, I'll follow everything since you have forgiven, but being very, very specific. And I think as we started, as we conclude, uh, maybe uh, there are three things that we saw that God wanted, uh, God wants us to do with all our hearts. God wants us to remember him with all our heart. God wants us to repent with all our hearts. And God wants us to recommit uh, with all our hearts. And as we started, we looked at the verses from uh, verses from Second Chronicles 2:14, and uh, it talks about uh, how God says that um, if there is calamity in your land, if there, your land is going through trouble time, He's expecting His people to pray. He says that if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways, then I will hear, uh, I will hear from heaven and will forgive of their sins and of their uh, forgive their sins and heal their land. Sometimes it's gives it gives like uh, it gives a in impression that god is kind of dependent on us isn't it to pray that he will heal the land but it's not that way my friends i think god is never uh, dependent he's a great uh, never dependent on our prayers so that he can work through his grand narrative god is already working in history he's weaving a beautiful story a story of redemption for us and i think as i close i want to open to the book of esther a very parallel story, maybe some years before Nehemiah or after Nehemiah, have happening in a different province. And if you open to Esther 4, and to give a context of this, Esther is uh, Queen Esther, a young uh, Esther is in, in the palace, and uh, there is a decree issued by uh, Haman that all the Jews, be, all the Jewish people, should be killed. And uh, the uncle of Esther goes uh, goes to palace asking for help. And Esther sends a servant or a, a, a secretary and says, what's the matter? And he says that this is a decree that has been issued. And Esther hesitates there. Esther says that uh, um, it is difficult for me to approach the king and pray and ask for his favor at this time. And at this time, I think what Mordecai says is, I'm reading from Esther 4.13, if you could follow with me. Uh, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back his answer. Do not think that because you are in king's house, you alone of all Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance of, for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. God can get deliverance. God can get his people uh, redeemed or God can work through history uh, we have a beautiful story even if we are not part of it but it's for our good if you are part of the story isn't it he says that even if you are not there even if you remain silent at the at 
at this time relief and deliverance for the jews will arise from another place but you will lose you will lose uh, you will lose your part within this story so god will make his plans work god will make his uh, grand narrative work but i think it's up to us whether we want to get involved in this story and become part of this amazing journey that god has for our country for our uh, society for the believers and if we are ready to open and uh, be committed to him remember him for all the things that he has done repent of our sins and recommit to him and god will definitely use us as we recommit to him and uh, come to him i think i'll close this verse in first john 1 9 it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and uh, he is faithful and just and forgive us our faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all righteousness i think that's what god says that if you want to if you confess i'll be able to forgive you and do many great things uh, through you and as we close we'll maybe we'll uh, look uh, look to him in prayer and spend some few more uh, minutes uh, in his presence and try to remember all the good things that he has done in our lives a creator god a god who has been active in history god who has uh, who's who is who who is who uh, who is ready to forgive our sins but who has seen who has given us several milestones that we can remember him for who has uh, who is ready for forgiveness who is ready to forgive who has given us jesus christ through him who can whom we can approach god I think as in Old Testament, we might not need uh, sacrifices at this time. We don't have ceremonial sacrifices that we have to do at this point to get forgiveness. We can just trust in the name of Jesus and be forgiven. And God says that once you recommit, that is, you can be part of this amazing story that I am going to do for your country. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? A gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this time of reflection that we could have from your word, Lord. Lord, though these books are written thousands of years, from our time lord we still can learn from it we still can uh, apply it to our hearts we thank you for the inspiration of holy spirit for the scriptures that have been written by your prophets lord and even as we looked into your verse how we could worship you with all our hearts how we could remember you with all our hearts how we could repent with all our hearts and how we could recommit with all of all all our hearts and how that everything of this could bring healing to our land uh, healing to our country lord we ask that you help us to have this contrite heart, to have this broken heart, so that we as a people, as SDC, could worship you with, we could repent and we could also recommit ourselves, Lord, and you could be, you could make us a blessing for this country, Lord. Lord, we once again commit all of us into your hands. I ask this prayer in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'll invite the music team to come and lead us in an offertory song. We'll be singing a very old and beautiful hymn. I'm sure all of you know it. Let's stand up onto our feet and we'll sing the last song.
shall we pray let's pray lord heavenly father to the great gift of salvation that you have done on the cross of calvary lord to that there cannot be any comparison and we cannot offer anything more than what the lord has already done for us therefore lord this small portion of our offerings our tithes we bring unto thee and lord bless these offerings our giving unto your ministry bless this and use it for your glory we also once again with a grateful heart thank you lord for ministering to us yes lord that confessing heart is the one that you desire and the trusting heart is the one that you desire so we acknowledge you in all our ways we once again want to thank you lord for this wonderful day a day in which we could all gather in your house and worship you adore you with independence freedom liberty and thank you lord for everything we thank you for this country though lord there may be too many of uh, turbulence times here and there and lord affliction and uh, lord even suffering or even lord uh, even persecution yet oh lord you are uh, in control we acknowledge you and we will continue to proclaim the great gift of salvation that we received in our lives and to others so bless our nation bless all of us and our church in christ jesus precious name we pray amen let's receive the blessings the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace amen God bless you please join us for the time of fellowship And after the fellowship break please come back before 12 o'clock for the salt and light series kindly join us once again